Thank you for joining us for today's message. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email to amen at imtheexchange.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at imtheexchange.com. Doing this will help us to bless others and bring messages to you each week. Today's message is from our lead pastor, Pastor Jared Brooks. Please take a moment and prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I want to go in the book of Corinthians, if you will, to chapter number two. We're going to start reading here, and it says this in Corinthians chapter two, starting in verse six. It says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. He's saying, we're saying something to those who are smart. I'm saying, we're saying something to those who are smart. I'm talking to the educated, to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees. But he said, nor to the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. And then he says this, the hidden wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. He says, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Why? For our glory. So God has hidden some things from us. He set it up before the beginning of time for us. What? For our glory. <laughs> Which none of the rulers of this age knew. And if they had known it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. If they would have known what I know, they wouldn't have done what they did. Does that make sense? They didn't get it. But I get it now. Had they got it, they wouldn't have done it because this is a big, big deal. Pray with me. Father, we thank you so much, God, for this day. We thank you for this new year, this time that we can share together. Father, I pray right now for fresh revelation. I pray for a fresh anointing over this place, God. Lord, that we'll, we, you'll, you'll unveil some of the mysteries, some of the things, God, that you set up before the beginning of time for us, God. <coughs> we give you all the praise, God, and we thank you for these things in your precious son's name. And everybody believe that. Shout out a big amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. You may be seated. So, have you ever asked yourself, or have you ever asked this question, what do I really believe? Anybody? Have you ever thought that about a lot of things? Like, what do I really believe in? You see it happen a lot during um, election years and stuff. <coughs> People start asking this question, well, who are you going to vote for or whatever? And you go, well, I don't know. I, I want to look at the candidates, and I want to see what they believe in. I want to see what they stand for. And we begin to match our beliefs versus their beliefs. And, and that kind of leads us one way or another. We believe a lot of different things about a lot of different areas in our life, right? None of us have the same beliefs about everything. We just differ like that. Like some people uh, believe different in politics. Some people de- believe different like in medicine or, or conspiracy theories. Like I, I know a guy. Um, I'm a real good friends with him. He's in his... Uh, mid-70s, I believe, (coughs) he has not taken a pill, medicine, shot, anything in like 45 years. They just don't believe in it. 
He's like, no, he's all about the holistic stuff. It is no medicines, no doctors. I just, I do everything the wholesome way. No, everything's organic. And he's 70 something years old. He, he believes in that. It works for him. <laughs> but then there are other people who believe that we have a cure for cancer. It's already out there. It's already set. But there's so much money to be made in cancer research that they hold that back from us because it's such a money. I mean, it's too hard. They couldn't just give us that because, I mean, it could really affect the economy. I was reading an article on that this week, and there are people who will die with that statement right there. Now, I'm not saying that that's true or not true or whatever. It, you know, it is what it is. Cancer affects a lot of people. We all pray for a cure. We want a cure. <laughs> but what's funny is there's people, if I, when I say those theories, and those, some of those conspiracy theories, some of you may say, I absolutely believe that because, da, 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 and you have these reasons why you believe that. And some of you say, I absolutely do not believe that because blah, 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 blah. And you have all these reasons why. These reasons start to leave toward, lead towards our beliefs. <laughs> in September, I really started praying about this new year, 2019, what 2019 would look like for us as a church, what 2019 uh, had in store, and, and I started praying, God, show me your plan for us, show me the vision, and, and just over and over I prayed, and God began to reveal some pretty powerful things to me. He started painting these pictures, and, and as I started seeing these pictures, I would talk to Pastor Kevin and... <coughs> Pastor Jay and the other pastors, and we would talk about what God has in store, and I would try to describe it, and I would say, well, I can't put it into words, but God has this, man, God's taking us to, you know, God's, it's like, you know, I, and I just couldn't figure out how to get it out, and so one day I pulled my chair out of my office, and I pulled it, and I set it right here, <coughs> and I faced this banner, Uncharted Territory, 2018, because that's where God took us, that's that's where we went. That's where we journeyed. And uncharted territory meant something really powerful to me. It still does. It meant something really powerful to me. It still does. I am still in the midst of uncharted territory. In my spirit and in my, in, in my journey, there are places that I'm going that I've never been before in, in my life. And so I sat here and I said, God, what it, as we've gone through uncharted territory... As we continue to go through uncharted territory, what's next? What's this next step? And, and I begin to pray. I begin to pray for you. I begin to pray, call your names out, your family's names out in prayer. And I just begin to just really seek the Lord. <coughs> and I begin to see this basically painted on the wall. As we continue to journey through uncharted territories, I believe the Lord began to write this out. That in 2019, the exchange church is going beyond belief. Listen, now, that doesn't have to light you up right now. It, it, it might not light you up like it lights me up. But I'm telling you, there's something to be said when you go beyond belief. See, what we have is we have this ceiling. We have this, we've capped everything that we believe <coughs> has been capped right here. God's saying, I want you to open up the roof. I want you to open up the windows or whatever, and I want you to remove the ceiling because I want to take you beyond belief. Because as we walk through uncharted territory, 
<laughs> around every corner, there's a new discovery. And I believe, God, this year, every month for some of you, for some of you, it'll be every other week. For some of you, it may be a daily basis. God's going to take you into uncharted territories. You're going to get there. You're going to make a new discovery. And in that new discovery, God's going to take you beyond your own belief. Does that make sense? And that should excite you. (laughs) There are many things that play into shaping our belief systems. Your belief system is the invisible force behind your behavior. Now, I started looking up belief systems, and it's pretty interesting when you Google it. I mean, when you Google anything, it's pretty interesting. But when you Google belief systems, it's pretty, pretty powerful. Together with other factors such as your personality, genetic setup, and your habits, your belief system is one of the strongest forces that affect any and every decision in your life. Your belief system. I mean, we're just talking about belief systems here. And, and I'm not just, don't, don't limit this to religion and God, okay? <laughs> we're talking everything, everything. The way in which you react to things. The communication styles that you use to communicate to other people. Things that have happened in your life. Any aspect of your behavior really is directed as a result of your belief system. You've probably heard the famous nature versus nurture debate. Anybody heard that? (laughs) And in case you haven't, it's basically um, a discussion whether human behavior is primarily driven by genetic factors or by environmental factors. And so when we talk about belief systems, we're talking about the environmental side of that coin. And I'm going somewhere with this. I know some of you are like, okay, well, I don't really understand what this relates to the Lord. But just hang on with me. Humans accumulate thousands upon thousands of beliefs throughout our lifetimes about all aspects of our life. We gain them through things that other people say develops our belief systems. Through things that we hear on the news, God help us, develops our belief systems. Things that we read or any other external influences that we're exposed to. In other words, life. Life just happens, and through life, we develop these belief systems. All of these beliefs are interacting with one another, and they're affecting one another, and together they form a system. In other words, there are three main characteristics that... Define a system. Number one, it consists of elements. Okay? Now, if you're sitting here this morning and you're like, man, this is good stuff. I wish I could take notes. You could do that on our exchange app. <laughs> there's, a, there's a place for you to take notes um, on that app. But I want you to write some of these things down because <coughs> I think it's going to be really key for some of us as we move into this next season of Uncharted Territory and we're going to, I'm not going to actually take that banner down. I'm going to move it. And we're going to put up our new banner. But I'm going to leave it because I really believe that 
we never should stop ever going through uncharted territory. Okay, when we stop going through uncharted territory, we stop to live. We stop living. We stop searching. We start looking. The second thing that, that systems have, these elements are interconnected with one another. Elements are interconnected with one another. The third thing is these elements are organized in a way to achieve a goal. Those three things right there are what form a system. The elements of a belief system obviously are beliefs, but if you wanted to complicate the issue, you could argue that, that values or assumptions also could play a part into our belief systems, and that's absolutely true. So you can, you can think that way. And these beliefs are interconnected to one another. So if you change one belief, the system as a whole becomes affected. Okay? Because changing one belief, because they're all so interconnected. <coughs> if you change a belief in your religion or even in, in your education or whatever, it can begin to adjust. And have you ever known somebody that grew up in church? And there's, I have tons of examples of this because I was a youth pastor for like 15 years, but they grow up in church believing the same thing that you believe. You've taught them this, and you've given them all this, and they have all this biblical foundation. They go to college, and college starts teaching them stuff, and all of a sudden they come back from college, and they're like, yeah, I don't believe that anymore. You're like, what? I mean, you believe this, what your parents are, you know, anybody... <clears throat> that happens. So, so a change in one belief system can affect the whole system. Or if a core belief is changed, then it can potentially lead to a disruption of the whole system. If a set of beliefs change, the other parts of the system will begin to rearrange themselves to rebuild the coherence of the system as a whole. Okay? So changing in belief systems really can affect everything and change and adjust everything. But if over time you're expo exposed to thoughts and beliefs that are contradictory to your belief system, eventually there's a chance that you will start to question the existence of even your own beliefs. <coughs> Some of you know where I'm going with this. Some of you have thought these things and felt these things before. When you're around something that, that you believed and thought for so long, and then all of a sudden you find out it's not I was... I don't, no, I'm not even going to say that. I'm not even going to go there. But I, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll disguise it here. There was somebody who made a comment about a famous person, and they said, wow, I've always admired this famous person. They were a, a hero of mine. But now that all this study and evidence is coming out about this person, it's changed everything. And they said, it feels like my whole childhood was a lie. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what happens with these belief systems. <coughs> Most of the time, the process is, it's like dripping water on a rock, okay? Dripping water on a rock is not going to affect it. But if you leave that rock there and you let the drip just go forever, eventually that dripping of a rock will begin to shift the shape of that rock over time. Sometimes that's what happens in our belief systems. This can happen in a lot of different ways for us. It can happen when we move into a different community of people, when we start reading radical works of, 
of literature from, from radical thinkers, or we start moving to another country, all of a sudden there's disruptions in our belief system, and these things that we've held as strong beliefs can be affected, and they can be disrupted, and then our, our own self of stability starts being brought into question when our belief system is shaken. The, the reason that we have such a problem with shaking belief systems is because generally our belief systems are tied into things that we hold very, very dear. So in other words, my grandfather's grandfather taught my grandfather this. And my grandfather taught my dad this. And my dad taught me this. And now, if I begin to question that teaching, it feels dirty. Anybody? You begin to question these things that you've held dear for so long. And those shakes in our belief system really get to us. <laughs> because those are sometimes our core values. And then our core beliefs start to get shaken. And core beliefs are those which are at the very center of your own sense of self. Those beliefs that are the central, putting them into question, would mean that you start to question your own core values. Things like culture shock can lead to that. Anybody ever been into a culture shock situation? Man, I have. I remember uh, Tisha was on this trip, our very first trip to Haiti, like 17 years ago. I'm telling you, I had been on some mission trips before, but that was culture shock. Okay? My first or second trip to Haiti, I don't remember which one, we got into the van, and the missionary said, as we pull out of the airport and we go up here, if you have a weak stomach, you need to look to the left here. If you have a weak stomach, you need to look to the left. Don't look to the right. So most of us in the van, <laughs> right? And we're like, what? Look, what are we looking for? <laughs> we get up around this curve, and there's a, a body. And about three feet from the body is the head. I ain't seen that before, okay? Not in real life, not in person. Like, I could have stopped the van and seen this. That, that shook me, okay? That was ridiculous. I, I wasn't in Texas anymore. We, we continue to head towards this mission, and we pass these streams, and there are people naked looking at us, splashing water, bathing themselves. I see this lady pull up her skirt and she just squats down and uses the restroom. Now, maybe that's normal to you. I don't know. I don't know. But to me, I was a little shocked. I was. <coughs> Blew me away. Blew me away. And, and I, I, I could even go on. There was another one I was going to say, but I'm not going to say it. But it, these things blew me away. It, and then a few months after one of those trips, we went to L.A., and we went on a missions trip, and we, one of the days we went and ministered on Skid Row. You ever been to Skid Row? Okay. Now, Haiti blew my mind, because I was like, we're not in America anymore. I mean, <laughs> America, we got it together. Haiti, oh, I, I was just shocked at some of the things I saw and how, I mean, it's just crazy. Then I get to Skid Row. And they start telling us these stories of how they arrested all these people years and years ago. They brought these paddy wagons and just loaded them up, arrested everybody. 
but they couldn't afford it. It was so much money on the city uh, to hold all these people. So they basically lined out Skid Row. And if you walk around Skid Row, you'll see a fire truck down two blocks this way. You'll see an ambulance three blocks this way. You walk four or five streets, and you'll see a cop over there. Four or five streets, you'll see an ambulance. And they basically decided, you can do whatever you want in this area as long as it's contained. So we're standing there. Cops sitting in his car down the corner, and we're talking to this guy, and he pulls out a needle. We start talking to him, and he's telling us it's heroin, and he's shooting heroin in his calf. Tishan was on this trip, too. I'm telling you, I was shocked. Shocked. <coughs> Culture shock. Okay? I remember one of the things I saw on that trip was there was a line of porta potties, but these weren't porta potties to use the restroom in. You open the porta potty, and from the floor to the ceiling, it was packed with luggage. Everybody, everybody's luggage. Because people from Utah and Kansas and to all these different people have headed to Hollywood to be discovered, and they get there and discover that it's tough, and they run out of money. And next thing you know, they're on their streets. And next thing you know, they're trying to make money. And I stood there on Skid Row, literally in shock. It was crazy. Culture shock. It shook me. I remember when we started planting this church, I got a job at a company as an outside sales representative in the oil and gas world. This pastor got this job, and I remember my first day listening down the hall. I hear this older guy start screaming and yelling, and he's on the phone. And he starts yelling at another person, and he starts telling this other person, if he doesn't get this fixed, what he's going to do to this person. <laughs> the words that he put together to form a sentence were words that you only can hear on really bad TV and stuff. And he put all these words together and made them a sentence. And I didn't know you could put that many in the same sentence without anything in between or whatever, but he put a bunch of them in this one sentence, and I began to think, man, thank God I'm not the guy on the receiving end of this very descriptive, vulgar form of torture that's about to be done to this guy. I, I'm not lying. It was so bad that the next day, I, I'm not lying. It was so bad that the next day the, the regional manager has to come in and have a talk with everybody about our language. I mean, it was bad. And then I start hanging out with all the guys. Now it's going to get back to normal. And, man, they're telling some jokes that I'm, like, kind of blushing. And they're talking and telling stories. I realized that this was pretty normal. I was the one that was not normal. And I was like, I'm in culture shock. What it did was it caused me to look at ministry and the world different. I, I realized that... that Things are not the way, I, I mean, I had been in ministry full time for 20 something years. I hang out with a bunch of preachers usually and, and they go pray together and they talk about the gospel of the good news, you know, and, and then I'm in this environment. It shook my belief system. Culture shock happens when people maybe get their first job, when teenagers get their first job, parents, you know, sometimes it's culture shock to them. Or for some people, maybe they move out of mom and dad's house. That's culture shock. Or, parents, you might remember this, when you had your first kid. Culture shock, right? 
You think it's going to be one way. I remember thinking that my house was baby-proof. And it was for a little while until the babies started moving by themselves. And then I was like, oh, man, it's not baby-proof. And then, so you re-baby-proof your house. And then it's baby-proof. And then them little boogers start walking. And then you realize it's really not even close to baby-proof, right? And you're just completely being shocked. But sometimes a disruption of our belief system is a chance for growth. That's what I realized as I started to work outside of this place, that maybe this was an opportunity for me to grow. Real personal growth starts to happen when we reevaluate what we believe and we start to dig for deeper truths, deeper knowledge, deeper understanding, deeper revelation. I never want to get to this place where I just stop, you know? why in the world do they have continuing education? I mean, we, we have a daycare, and in our daycare every year, all these teachers have to do this continuing education stuff. Teachers have to do this continuing. Why? Because you have to continue to grow, continue to make strides moving forward. But we come in the church world, and all of a sudden, we just believe what we believe, and then there's no growth. No gaining of knowledge, no gaining of truth, no gaining of wisdom. Well, why do you believe what you believe? I mean, because... I was told that that's what I believe. And so I believe it. I think that's why the Bible says in one place in Ephesians, it says, be careful, don't be tossed to and fro and, and, and cut around with, every, with the cunning of craftiness and men like an infant tossed to and fro, carried about the deceitful scheming where people lie and will wait to deceive. Maybe we're supposed to kind of grow up a little bit and not just believe everything that that we hear when we turn around and maybe start to gain deeper knowledge and deeper understanding and deeper truths. See, when our, our belief systems change, things begin to change around us and in us. In a country founded upon God's truth, it seems strange to me that America today is in a post-church era. This country is not only changing, it has changed because America is looking everywhere but the church for spiritual and moral guidance. Do you believe that? You know that? (laughs) When I was a kid, the church was the go-to for every problem, every situation, the solution. When you had a marriage problem, when you had an alcohol problem, whatever your issue was, man, you go to the church for that. Today, you don't see people running to the church for those things. But I believe that the son of the gospel is far from setting because it's rather poised for this era. And we have to seize this unprecedented opportunities and take advantage because God is ready to take the church beyond belief. He's ready to do something in, it, in this generation that will take us beyond belief. He's ready to, to unload the limitless possibilities for those who cho- choose to live like Jesus lived. And the way Jesus lived every day of his life was beyond belief. Jesus never lived with the status quo. He never lived in this place of contentment and, and satisfaction Jesus was constantly pushing the boundaries, wanting to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And people around him constantly saw Jesus doing things beyond belief. What does it mean to live beyond belief? To be beyond belief, we have to recognize that actions are the tip of the iceberg. 
So we have to go to the root of who I am and we have to start to build and in some cases rebuild our life and and view of our values. Because listen to this, solid biblical beliefs develop godly values. Godly values develop righteous actions and righteous actions develop impacting people. Okay, so when we start to line things up the way it's supposed to be lined up, we search for the right things, we search for the real truths, ultimately that leads to us impacting people. That's what our belief system is supposed to be about, that there's supposed to be an impacting of people. People like who in Daniel chapter, 30, or chapter 11 verse 32, he said these are strong and they do great exploits. God's looking for a people who will display his strength and will take action that goes beyond belief. Man, don't you want to dream beyond belief? I can fully believe, but until I start to act on my beliefs, it's of no use to the people in the community who God's put me in the midst of. Until I begin to act on those things which I believe, and a lot of us, we're not even sure why we believe, that's why we don't act on them. We're like, well, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, but the reason that I don't really share my faith is I'm afraid that they're going to ask me some questions that I really just don't know. I really just don't know the answers. Listen, in our opening passage, we're reading Paul, and Paul's writing to the church in, at Corinth, and he's explaining his own limitations in, the, in, the light, in light of the greatness of who God is. In fact, if you go back to the beginning, to verse number one, it says this. Paul says, when I came to you, did, I did not come to you with excellence of speech or with wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except, somebody say except, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It didn't matter if he understood the 613 laws. It didn't matter if he could quote Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus. It didn't matter if he had been through all the years of training that the Sadducees had gone through. It didn't matter if his dad was some high priest like the Pharisees' parents' dads were. It didn't matter those things. Paul's saying, I don't know. I don't have all the wisdom that you have. But let me tell you what I do now. I do know Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's enough. That's enough. Jesus Christ and him crucified. He's saying there's nothing special about me. I'm not speaking to you through my own intelligence. I didn't come to you with boasted knowledge and literature of the Jews and the Greeks. He says, listen, I came to you to communicate the treasure of the highest wisdom, which he goes on to explain is the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. In our opening passage, we read that he he continues on. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of the sage, not what you think is wisdom, not what you, you know as knowledge. He says, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak, the, what, what, the words that are coming out of my mouth, the words that we're saying, we speak wisdom of God in a mystery. And it's the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for the glory of For our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, had they known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. He goes on in verse number 9, and he says, but as it is written. Now, when he says, but as it is written, he's quoting Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 64, because Isaiah has already said this. He says, no eye has, or eye has not, (coughs) 
seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Okay? He's saying in this age, in this future to come, and the age after that. Okay? In the age to come, you can't understand. No eye has seen it, and no ear has heard it, the things that God has prepared and has in store for you. Paul is saying that our senses, our five senses cannot locate what God has in store for you senses cannot locate what God has in store for you. You can't see it, therefore it's really difficult to reason. You can't hear it, so your mind, so your, your, your ears cannot transfer it to your mind, and you can process it. He said, and because of that, you're, you're trying to figure this out. Your ear can't hear it and can't communicate it to the mind, and there's no amount of intelligence that can help you understand the things that God has for you. As I sat here in the chair just a few months ago, looking at that banner, praying, God, what is it? What's next? God's saying, listen, I'm going to show you what's next, but you're not even going to see it. He said, what I'm going to show you is that I'm taking you beyond belief. I'm taking every family, every marriage, every household, every person in this room. I'm taking them beyond belief because we're going someplace. We've already marched into uncharted territories. Now we're going to go beyond belief he wants to do things in your life that will blow your mind see the great truths of the gospel are laying outside the sphere of human discovery jeremiah 29 11, we love to quote this verse he says for i know everybody say i know i know the plans i have for you declares who yeah he didn't say you know the plans that i have for you because you don't. He says, I know. I know the things that I have in store for you. <coughs> but I'm going to give you a little hint of what they're going to look like. These plans that I know for you that you don't know yet about yourself. These plans are to prosper you. Not to harm you. I have these plans for your future that are to give you hope and a future. Okay? I know these plans that I have for you. This year, God wants to take us on a journey of discovering the world beyond belief. Beyond belief. I have not stopped saying this for two months. I say this all the time. Beyond belief, beyond belief. Everything that happens, everything that comes across, I go beyond belief, beyond belief. Thank God that there are people who are thinking beyond belief. Amen? Can you imagine what a lame world we would live in if people didn't think beyond belief? I mean, that should be a big amen. Even if you're not a believer, you should say amen to that one. Because thank God that Bill Gates thought beyond. Because thank God that Bill Gates thought beyond belief. Right? Can you imagine had he not thought outside the box and not begin to create and discover what he did? Thank God that the Wright brothers thought outside the box beyond belief. Right? Come on, there was a time that flying people in the air was ridiculous. Right? I mean, yeah, see, it's even hard for you to fathom right now. Because it's so normal. I mean, to put a few hundred people, five or six hundred people in a double-decker. A double-decker, a plane. What's an airplane? It's, it's going to take people from here to India. <laughs> okay. Right? See, we can't even... We can't even fathom how dumb that sounds. Thank God these guys thought beyond belief. Thank God that Ferdinand 
Verberus created the automobile. Man, have you ever gone without a car? <laughs> or had to share? Yeah, I got an amen back there. <laughs> Thank God that Willis Carrier, the creator of the air conditioner, thought beyond belief. Oh, love that guy. Thank God that Thomas Edison, one of the greatest inventors of all time, thought beyond belief. Can you imagine in 1854, Thomas Edison sitting around with his buddies? And he says, guys, because of my inventions and my ideas and my theories, one day people are going to be sitting in their houses and they're going to be able to plug all kinds of devices. Well, like what? Radios televisions what televisions did you know Thomas Edison he was a part of creating the uh, motion picture he created the first studio motion picture studio and so he's thinking you know what can you imagine one day they're gonna be able to charge their phones and they're like what and he's like never mind they're gonna be able to they're gonna be able to turn on their air conditioners well what's an air conditioner no, never mind never mind but because of me they're going to have these, these availabilities. Right? Or, or Alexander Graham Bell talking to his friends. And he's like, man, I, I'm going to create this thing. It's going to change the world. Oh, really? What are you going to do? I'm going to make this device where this person could talk to this person across the room. In another room. What? Yeah, they're just going to be able to talk like this. And somebody in another room is going to be able to hear them and respond. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. And you know, they're going to grow this and they're going to take it. And one day, you're going to be able to take that device. And you're going to be able to type a letter to your girlfriend. And you're going to push this button. And it's going to pop up on her phone. And she's going to be in another state. What? Get out of here. You gotta be kidding. No, 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 no. And then to show emotion, you'll be able to put emojis. I don't even understand what that means. You don't have to. Just trust me. It wasn't that long ago that we would take my car or my parents' car and we would drive it outside of the youth camp where I lived. And we would drive it up on this hill because on that hill we could get reception. And we would take the bag phone, unzip it, and we'd take this giant antenna with this magnet that'd pick up like a car. And we'd stick that magnet on top of the car. Come on, don't look at me like you don't know. Some of you are that old. And you put this giant magnet on top of the car and then you, you open up this bag and there's this giant phone. It's like a phone that you'd call Jesus with. And you pick up this phone, and you could call people in other towns. This, I mean, I was in high school. This was unbelievable, beyond belief. And then you know what's crazy? When I went to college, I got my first pager. Dude, I was so cool. I wasn't even a drug dealer or anything. I just carried this page around. And I was like, dude, if you need me, just page me. If it's important, put 911. 
right? Because 911 started coming out. You know. And then you get that page and like, hang on, I got to go to the payphone, make a phone call. <laughs> and you go to the payphone, you're like, anybody got a quarter? <laughs> I used all the money on my $9 pager bill. <laughs> right? That was beyond belief. And then I got a cell phone. It was pretty big. It was like that big. Like the size of my arm. But it was cool. But I got in trouble because I started having to pay my own bills. And back then, you had to pay. You only got like a few minutes free. And then you had to pay. You kids don't understand. I go to college and my first cell phone bill comes in. It was $1,200. $1,200. Beyond belief. Beyond belief. Because if I call Kevin and be like, hey, Kevin. Yeah, what's up? Hey, I'm on my way. Okay, bye. Click. That was one minute. They charged me one minute for that phone call. Today, with all this unlimited stuff, it's beyond My point is that I thank God that people have continued to think beyond belief. See, we want the world to think that way. We want culture to think that way. But in our relationship with God, we've stopped. We've stopped. We've just become this complacent church that tries to do the same old, same old. We come into the building. We expect to maybe be a little bit touched walk out maybe feeling a little bit better when we came in and God said no 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 I want to take you beyond belief I want to blow your mind with the things that I have in store for you things that you can't even imagine in your marriage things that you can't even imagine in your workplace things that you can't even imagine with your kids and especially things you can't imagine in your faith journey God says you think you know me well, I've been going to church by God for 35 years. My dad was a pastor and my dad's dad was a pastor. Well, hallelujah. Let me tell you something. You don't know everything there is to know about God. And he is ready this year to unveil some things to you that's going to blow your mind. And I, I'm telling you this. You're not as excited about me because you don't know what I'm thinking. But I'm telling you that God is ready to take you to places in your life that is beyond belief. Places that you're going to look back at a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. And you're going to have March 2019 as a year of significance in your life. Because something crazy was unveiled to you by the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody's got to receive that this morning. Because if you want to stay here, that's fine. I will love you, and you can stay here. But you're going to wonder why your, your marriage continues to just always be a struggle to make it work. You're going to wonder why life just seems difficult. You're going to wonder why you're always up and down in your emotions. And God's going to listen. I want to unveil some things that's going to set you so free, so free they can't ever go back. I'm going to show you things that you'll never be able to unsee. Oh, that excites me. That excites me. 
that God wants to take us beyond belief. We have the banner and it's made and I was going to put it up this morning, but I wanted to wait for a moment. (coughs) But as you walk into this church throughout this year, next week you'll see it. I want you to see these two banners, this banner that's uncharted territory. And I want you to remind yourself that every day I'm going to pursue that the Holy Spirit, God's going to take me through uncharted territory, that I'm never going to stop where I'm at. I'm never satisfied. I'm never going to just sit here and just survive or make it or whatever. But I'm going to continue to go into uncharted territory. But not only that, as I go into uncharted territory, like Lewis and Clark, we preach this all the beginning of this year. At the end of this year, Lewis and Clark get to this point where they look over and they discover the Rocky Mountains. And they're like, whoa, beyond belief. As they made that discovery, they begin to change plans or make plans adaptive to every discovery made along the journey. As a church, as a body of believers, that's my goal this year. And as your pastor, is that every year, every week, every month going throughout this year, we continue to go into uncharted territories. And as we do, as we make new discoveries, we begin to adapt We begin to make changes. We begin to grow. And we begin to establish new things. Back then it was colonies and towns and villages and cities. Villages and cities. Beyond belief. Amen. Come on, you go go with me there. Come on, stand with me. Stand to your feet this morning. I believe it. I believe it. And and you know what's crazy is I I had this in my notes and I took it out because I was going to say sometimes going beyond belief is scary. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, not if you know who you're traveling into uncharted territories with, you know, like as a kid, were you ever like afraid of things? Like I was scared of the dark. I was scared of actually I wasn't scared of the dark. I didn't need a light in my room or anything. I was scared. I was scared of the church in the dark. My dad was a pastor. We lived next door to the church. And sometimes he would say, Jared, we run over to my office and get my Bible off my desk or whatever. I'd say, sure, no problem. And we lived next door to the church. So I walk across right by the church, (laughs) go in this door. And this door was a little secretary's office or whatever and you could open this closet and climb up in the baptistry because I'm at the front of the church so I look out this door and there's the drums and the stage but the light the drums and the stage but the lights to the church were in the back all the way in the back and this church had no windows it was dark and so I'd open that door And the only light in the whole room was the light from the office I'm standing in, shining on the floor right there. And I would stand there, and I would say things like, hello. And you look around, and then you time yourself. And I'm not lying. I am not exaggerating at all about this. I knew where the altar, I could see the altar right there. And so I would go, ready? And when I took off, I hurdled the altar. 
hard cut down the center aisle, spin, run, and dive for the lights. Bam! And there are like nine lights. Turn them all on. All on. No dark spaces. The devil lives in the dark spaces. And I got God, God, turn on all those lights. <sighs> My heart's racing. My heart's racing. Scary. I get the Bible, get back to those lights, and I look down, and I knew that I have to turn off those lights and get back to that office over there. That was the scariest part. Because if you know, like I know, when you turn off the lights and you start running, you feel like something is right behind you the whole time. And so you're like sprinting. This is, I was fast as a kid growing up. This is how I got fast. My dad was a preacher of a scary church. And it made me fast. Fast. But I began to journey through beyond belief. And as you do that, you, you discover things that you never thought you could ever discover. I'm committed this year to go places I've never gone on my journey with the Lord. And some of those things he started to unfold for me. Some of those things I, I still don't know exactly. But like Paul said, these are hidden mysteries of the Holy Spirit that he's going to slowly start to unveil. But I'm praying that God will enable my, my marriage to go beyond belief. I have a great marriage. I have a great wife. I have the best wife. But this year, I want to see God just blow our minds in our relationship. That we are close, that we laugh more than we've ever laughed. That we love more than we've ever loved. That's what I expect. I expect God to take me beyond belief with my kids. That my relationship changes. Is that you? Come on, will you just close your eyes right where you are? And I want you to, in your own mind, in your own words, I want you to just begin to say this and receive this. That you, you, you are walking right now into this season of beyond belief with us. Maybe you're new to, maybe you're just visiting because you live somewhere else and, and this is not going to be your, your, your church because you're going back home or whatever. That's okay. You're still, God still wants to take you beyond belief. If you're listening or watching online, God wants to take you beyond belief belief. So we just begin to receive that right now. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we accept this. God, we walk into this journey. We know that we're going to continue to walk into uncharted territories. God, that throughout this year, we're going to go into places and seasons that we're not sure what to do. Or this year, we're going to go into places and seasons that we're not sure what to do or, or how to respond because we've never been there before. That's why it's uncharted. God, but we know that when you're there walking with us, when you're there walking with us, God, everything, everything changes. God, we begin to go into uncharted territories and we begin to make new discoveries. And in those new discoveries, we accept right now, we call it into action. We speak those things that are not as, though, as though they were. God, that you are going to take us beyond belief. Beyond belief. Hallelujah. Come on, do you receive that this morning? Do you receive that this morning? <laughs> Listen, as I would walk through that church at night, 
and it was so scary. It was crazy.